Network. You knew that there were going to be some repercussions when, when the Big Ten added USC and UCLA. And I'm not I'm not get off my lawn guy. I understand that this is the road to, to global domination with the Big Ten and the SEC being the only two conferences that are left standing when all of this is over. I believe that once Notre Dame figures out what they're going to do, if they're going to stay independent or they're going to join the ACC, which probably is going to fold anyway, are they going to join the Big Ten, which I don't think Notre Dame is going to do because Notre Dame hates Ohio State and they hate Michigan. And the worst thing that could happen to the Notre Dame brand is to join the Big Ten and at some point be aligned in the same division where they have to play Michigan and Ohio State every year and get their faces kicked in twice every year. Because right now they can schedule whoever they want. And they have the USC game. USC is their, their probably their best annual opponent. They, they have this, this short-term deal where they're playing the ACC, so they play Clemson every year. But Notre Dame doesn't want to be locked into playing to, to, to play in Ohio State every year. They don't want that smoke, I assure you. Michigan, eh, Michigan's good right now. When Harbaugh leaves, they'll, they'll suck again. That's another conversation for another day. So I get what they're trying to do. I I think that Oregon and Washington, once Notre Dame decides that they're not going to join the Big Ten and probation is closed, they'll poach Oregon and Washington and maybe they'll poach Cal and Stanford. Those are all great schools. To be a Big Ten school, you have to be a great school. The SEC, they'll go out, they'll get Clemson if they want. They'll get Florida State if they want. They'll get Miami. If they want, I think that Miami might be too good of a school for the SEC. SEC is not really about academics, except, except for Vanderbilt. Bama's kind of a good school. Some of the schools, SEC, to go to LSU, you ain't got to be that bright to go to LSU or Mississippi State or even Georgia. And I'm going to leave it there. But what we're, we're seeing, back to the Big Ten, what we're seeing with the Big Ten when you bring in UCLA and, and USC, it's going to be a nightmare logistically in the short term, and I think you knew that. You have two schools that are out in California to go with the, the, the Midwest and, and Northeast quadrant that the Big Ten sits on, that their real estate sits on. You have these two teams. It's going to be a nightmare for USC and, and, and UCLA. I get it. You get the USC-Ohio State matchup. You get the, you get the Michigan USC matchup, UCLA at Penn State. Those are those are very compelling matchups. But nobody wants to see nobody wants to see USC play at Rutgers. Nobody wants to see UCLA go to Champaign and and play the Fighting Illini. Those are just not very compelling matchups that people are going to be interested in. So I'm going to I'm reading from. From CBS.com, CBSSports.com. With the arrival of USC and UCLA for the 20, 
2024 college football season, the Big Ten updated schedule model to protect the league's numerous and tradition-rich rivalries while eliminating divisions amid its swelling membership. So the Big 16, the conference announced its new Flex Protect Plus model. That sounds like a lot of foolishness. On last Thursday, giving schools up to three protected annual rivalries, the conference will also continue with a nine-game schedule featuring a rotation of conference opponents on a two-year basis. Under the new format, teams will play certain opponents in both the 2024 and 2025 seasons, referred to as two plays, which will essentially serve as a home-and-home between conference opponents. Two-play opponents for each member institution will change every two years. Teams will have... Different two plays for the 26th season, for instance, with the goal playing every other institution twice over four years. Since Penn State is the only program without a protected rival, it has three two-play opponents rotating on its schedule. So the translation of that, me being a Ohio State Buckeyes guy, the Ohio State University will not play Penn State every year. And I don't love that. Um, I, was, I was just talking to Jonesy, one of my former co-hosts from, from Philly, Penn State aficionado. When I was in Philly on, on uh, 610 Sports, I had, a, I had a credential to go to Penn State games. I went to a couple of Penn State games. They wouldn't give me a credential to go to the big games. Michigan was there, Ohio State. Going to Happy Valley is, is a rite of passage. It's, it's a phenomenal experience. The experience at Happy Valley is every bit as good, if not better, than at the Horseshoe. If you've never been to a whiteout game on a Saturday night at Happy Valley, you, you've missed something. It's like going to Death Valley, down to LSU. There's just certain, there's just certain stadiums, certain crowds, certain cultures that it's an amazing experience. If you hear the cheers in the background, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm here at the Gulch broadcasting and you got the you got the party bikes. Nashville, Nashville, Nashville really knows how to throw a party. That's one thing about living in Nashville. Whether you're downtown or at the Gulch, you have these party bikes, you have these, you have these uh where you pedal yourself, these trolleys where, where you have 20 people on there, they're pedaling, everybody's stone drunk. At one in the afternoon, people are blitzed out of their mind. And you had the country music festival over the weekend and, and uh, the gospel awards and, and all of that stuff. Uh, shout out to my homie, Adriana, the personality. Used to do a lot of fill-in on, on this show, and, and I see her doing her thing. But back to the Big Ten, I, I really don't like the fact that, that Ohio State's not going to play Penn State every single year anymore. The protected rival for Ohio State is Michigan, so Ohio State's going to play Michigan every year but not Penn State. And a lot of, a lot of fans are, are up in arms about it. I don't love it, but I understand that it's the, the sign of the times. And I think what we're, what we're seeing, it's the same with the SEC, with Texas and Oklahoma going into, it's going to be hard to, to keep division alignment. And yet you'll, keep, you'll always have the Alabama-Tennessee rivalry and the Alabama-Auburn rivalry and the Georgia-Tennessee rivalry. You'll always have some of those, but, you, but you're not going to see. It doesn't geographically make sense for, for the checkerboard orange Tennessee volunteers 
to go play Texas, even though those are two fantastic programs. There's no rivalry there. There's no Oklahoma-Georgia rivalry. When you have these conferences that are expanding to 16 teams and at some point someone will expand to 20 teams, from a logistics standpoint, it can it can be a nightmare. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't know when you when you get to to 20 teams where you have where you have four conferences. You're starting to get to it's like the NFL. You know, will the Big Ten will the Big Ten have the, the Big Ten North, the Big Ten Central, and the Big Ten South and the Big Ten West? I, I really don't know. But that's what's happening when you take the money. And I think ultimately we are heading to where there's going to be, at some point, there's going to be one major conference that's going to have 36 teams and, and all of the all the major players are going to be in it. I think the only thing keeping that together is the, the SEC because everyone in the SEC thinks that they're good enough other than Vanderbilt and Kentucky. In Missouri, everyone in the SEC thinks that they're a top 20 program, and they're not. And I think what you're going to see is ultimately you could see something like relegation in in EPL, English Premier League. You could see a team like Auburn having to play their way into the top division. Teams like Auburn, teams like Michigan State, teams like UCLA, teams that are perpetually 9-4, 8-5, talent, put people in the NFL, good coaches, good facilities, good fan bases, good stadiums. But not the elite of the elite, not the LSUs, not the Ohio States, not the not the Bamas, not the Clemsons, not the Georgias. And I think you can see a top 25 or, or 30 league, and you'll see everybody else will be trying to, to relegate up to, to play in these leagues. And that's just where it's going. I could be angry about it. Like I said, I'm going to miss the Ohio State-Penn State game every year. That's something that I had circled. When I look at the schedule. I look at Ohio State's schedule. I'm like, all right, Maryland, that's a win. Maryland's going to score 35 points because Ohio State plays a soft zone. But I'm like, that's a win. Michigan State, that's a 51-7 to thrashing every year. That's a win. Rutgers, that's a win. If they play Iowa, I'm like, Iowa always scores, scores three points. That's a win. That game at Illinois is always a problem. Illinois always has some, some fast 5'10 quarterback that runs – He's going to run for 170 yards against Ohio State. Night games at Purdue are tough. Of course, you have scum at the end of the year. But that Penn State game is, is always kind of um, – that's kind of where the season's going to go. If, if they beat Penn State, they're usually like 7 or 8-0. They're going to have a good chance of, of going to, to the national championship or to the playoff. If they, if they don't beat Penn State – they're probably going to lose another game, and then they're not going to make the playoff. Then they're going to end up in the Rose Bowl or in the Fiesta Bowl kicking the crap out of Notre Dame. But I'm going to miss that, and uh, I think you're going to see a lot more with these, with these additions and these super conferences and the quest for global domination. You're going to see a lot of traditional rivalries. You, just, you can't have USC and UCLA and ultimately Oregon and Washington in your conference and Ohio State play Penn State every year. It just can't happen, and it won't happen. Paragon 7 Studios. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.
He's a sweet soul, brother. Joining us on the Lance Day Radio Network tonight, the one and only Pete Rock, the Chocolate Boy Wonder. My favorite Pete Rock remix is the Jump Around remix Jump around. and the Public Enemy, the I Shut, shut Him down. down. Who do you well, rock with that some of the young bulls that's out in the industry today? Well, I definitely say the whole Griselda click, and then I'll say the PDE click, and, you know, um, you know, you know, J. Cole. Uh, I, wow. I, I love you to death, Pete Rock. I love you to okay. death, Pete Rock. And me and Pete Rock supposed to do something as well. Nope. No doubt, bro. Nope. Let's get it pop. He's a sweet soul. When I'm not doing the health cast, I consult for many startups and ACOs who are new to the healthcare business. Episource serves Medicare, commercial, and Medicaid plans with an experienced risk adjustment team that cares about results and building partnerships. With the largest health plans and healthcare organizations as clients, Episource aims to obtain the best medical chart retrieval rates, the highest coding accuracy, and the maximum level of project satisfaction. For information on Episource, go to www.episource.com and fill out one of their contact forms to request a demonstration. James Lewis. And, and shout out to everywhere where I can go and get a good oxtail with extra gravy. Some of the spots here in Nashville, man, they don't want to, they want to give you the guy who's like, me, you know, we, we can't give you extra gravy. I'm like, yo, man, I'm, I'm willing to pay for it. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. What's oxtail and rice and peas if you don't have any extra gravy? What are, what are we doing here? What's the point? You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Water Labs AI prides itself in understanding the true healthcare industry drivers. Our Transform RCM suite of solutions focuses 100% on intelligent automation. Our solutions make use of robotic process automation, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. The value this brings to our clients greatly impacts the time, effort, and financial constraints that keep healthcare executives up at night. This is James Lewis, host of the Lance Day Radio Network HealthCast series, here for Water Labs AI. Paragon, Paragon 7, 7, 7 Studios. Studios.